Hello there, Rough Divers. We are super excited today to introduce you to Nicole Bianchi. She is a partner at Bravium, a certified Master Hudson coach. She's leading the Butterfly Murals Papillion Community Foundation Project, and she is author of Small Brave Moves. If you haven't had a chance to check out this book, I want to talk to you about just a few of the people that are raving about it right now. And we are talking about people like the Chief Transformation Officer at Macy's, the Chief Diversity Officer at Fossil, and even five-time gold medalist for swimming winner, Dana Vollmer. Oh my gosh, Nicole, we are honored to have you on the show. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here with you both. Oh, thanks for being here. We are super, super excited. And Nicole, I met you when I was in Creighton and you were kind of helping all of us get through our master's program and really coaching us and coaching, coaching us to continue to be brave and engage with one another. I think it's fair to say that you are the queen of coaching bravery across all industries, leadership positions. And I, I just, I've been wondering, you know, are there any reasons that you feel that healthcare and particularly revenue cycle leaders um, really require a unique approach to leadership and bravery? Yeah, great question. When I think about the leaders that I work with in this space, they have such strong technical skills, right? And they're so skilled at what they do, but yet they're trying to quickly navigate the leadership side and the complexity of that and the complexity of connecting and building relationships across, right? The doctors, the physicians, the, you know, the administrators, the, the facility uh, leaders. And so the ability to be able to connect, build relationships, collaborate um, beyond those that they have direct authority to uh, can be a challenge, as well as increasing their ability to influence. I think that's a big part. And I talk um, a little bit about this in my book also. It requires not just leadership, right, to influence. It requires bravery plus leadership. And that's where I think um, part of the differentiator comes. I know that when we overlay leadership with bravery and the ability to influence, it can create that competitive advantage for leaders. The third thing that I would say on this is really ramping up their ability to not just communicate, but strategically communicate. Who needs to know what, when, how often, and then that everyday communication, right? How am I bringing others uh, around the system along with me um, so that I can achieve the results that I'm looking for? So when I think about that, I think about that being kind of the biggest opportunity for growth and why they're looking for um, coaching in this area. Yeah, you know, you just brought up something that's really interesting. You know, the fact that healthcare leaders are communicating with so many different stakeholders. And there's certainly you know, no shortage of information that we consume, the decisions that we make, and that communication is really important. Mm -hmm. You also teach straight talk um, to me, which is a fantastic approach to communication. Can you define what straight talk is for our listeners and, and why you think it's so critical for them as leaders to adopt as a daily practice? Yeah. Leaders conceptually get the whole straight talk aspect, but what they find difficult is actually putting it into action, right? So, and that's where the bravery aspect comes into it. And so if I think about straight talk defined, it's all about being honest, telling the truth, letting people know where you stand, calling things what they are using simple language, but saying it with your heart. And by doing it, it lets people know that you care about them, right? And the situation. So you're caring about the situation and them as well. 
And I, when I think about it from a leadership standpoint, building it into our daily practice helps build and reinforce that culture that we're, that we're building intentionally around honest and being honest or honesty and respect. And it really eliminates uh, the game playing, the posturing, and really those dysfunctional things um, that kind of sneak into our everyday that really take up way too much of our energy. So that's what I think about straight talk. And it is such an important aspect of the daily moves that we make. You know, I'm, I'm so happy that you mentioned how much energy that takes up, right? Because I think as leaders in healthcare, we are inundated with tasks. I've heard that the analogy drinking from the fire hose so many times because it feels appropriate, right? We spend our days putting out fires um, only to realize that, you know, days or weeks or sometimes even months have gone by with no forward progress on these strategic plans and things that we have in place. And so I guess one question I would have for you then to help our, you know, all the leaders and the rev divers listening in, what can we do to kind of stop fighting fires and be more strategic about, you know, what we're doing day to day? Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm raising my hand right now to say I fall into that same trap and it's so easy to do. So I actually focus one chapter on this in Small Brave Moves and the chapter is titled Being Intentional. And so when I think about um, being intentional and I think about being more strategic, I it's all about starting our day with that focus on strategy that can help us make decisions that actually support the moves that we're gonna make throughout the day. And that means you'll need to say no to some things, right? Um, and so how, and so asking ourselves those questions around, um, will this you know, activity or email request or project support my overall strategy, help me execute the strategy that I need to. And so really centering and grounding ourselves. So I love starting the day. The other, um, it's interesting when I think about saying yes to things or saying no to things. Um, David Brooks has a great book called The Art of Focus. And he says it a little differently. He talks about if you wanna win the war for attention, you don't say no to the trivial distractions. You actually say yes to things that arouse that terrifying longing. He calls it terrifying longing inside of you. And that longing crowds out everything else then, because that is what grabs your attention and your focus. Um, but you have to be intentional about that. A move that I make, and I talk a little bit about this book in the book is time blocking. And time blocking is so essential and it requires small, brave moves because you're having to make some tough decisions that might others might not agree with, right? And it, but by time blocking, it allows for that deeper work, that strategic thinking and planning to actually happen. So a couple of moves that I make is I try to block out 15 minutes at the end of the day. So I, I do my, at the beginning of the day, what, you know, what decisions do I need to make so I can execute on my strategy. And then I think the look back is really important to take a, a step back and say, okay, what was I, what was I able to accomplish that was, you know, around that? And what would I want to do differently as I manage my day for tomorrow? The other part is getting away from our desk. So I love moving, even I know most of us are still working from home or, you know, if we're not, we're in our offices, you know, somewhere doing something, but moving out of that normal space to find space to allow some of the deeper strategic thinking, if you're going to do that for multiple hours. And then the final one I'll tell you is I always block out um, a half day or a full day. Uh, 
quarterly for my personal strategy. So, and I look at this more holistic. It's not just professionally, but personally, what are some strategic moves I need to be doing and making? And so I actually just did this two Fridays ago. And I did that to say, what is, I think about the final 90 days of the year, what is it that I want to accomplish so I can say this was a complete success? What are some things I'm missing out on? What are some things I want to accomplish? What are some things I need? Again, not just professionally for my business, not just for the community with the butterflies, but also personally, right? And I think that when we stay strategic day today, so when we stay strategic today, I feel like we can win tomorrow. And that is what kind of helps me hold that time um, and keep it and not allow others to hijack it or take it away from what needs to happen. Oh my gosh, that is great advice. I love the idea of time blocking. And I'm just gonna chime in um, on what you said. Now, one thing that I think we all deal with is information overload. Um, so getting, you know, you're on listservs and newsletters. It's like, okay, when do I have time to read this? And so what I've started doing very recently, and I'm trying to be consistent with it, is to block time on Friday mornings um, to do my reading, just to get caught up, especially in revenue cycle and compliance. There's just there's so much information that is applicable to, you know, our daily operations. So I love that you teach time blocking. Now, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I. you know what? I was just going to add on to what you were saying, Kim. I love how the, the Friday morning piece, like you're saying, okay, Friday morning, this is my time. For me, it's that Friday afternoon. I won't accept meeting requests. And that is my time to, you know, get caught up on those things like you're talking about and then begin to think about the following week, right? I don't always get it all done on Friday afternoon, but I begin to think about, you know, what needs to happen. And just saying no to meetings on Friday afternoons has opened up so much time to be thoughtful about um, the moves that I want to make. So I love that you're doing it on Friday mornings. And see, I think that kind of backed into that. I was declining meetings on Friday afternoon because I didn't want to have meetings on Friday afternoon, but I realized <laughs> that with that time, I could be very intentional about planning for next week. And, you know, I have ADD, so that comes with high levels of anxiety. Having all of this solidified Friday afternoon before I close out for the weekend, it just, it relieves all of that for me for the weekend so that I can be present in the moment, um, as Lori mentioned in a previous session with my family and make sure that I'm really honoring that time over the weekend and still being able to achieve um, and succeed that coming Monday. So um, I backed into it the other way, but I would, I would absolutely agree with what you've said. You know, I think that blocking that time off can be very, very helpful. Yeah. And I find that nobody, I don't see a lot of complaints about it, right? There's nobody pounding their fists on a desk going, I need to meet with you on Friday afternoon. The minute it no longer becomes available, people find other options. So it's interesting. Yes. Okay. So as we're starting to wrap up, I have to, have to, have to talk about this quote that you have in your book, Small Brave Moves. Um, before I mention the quote, because I've been kind of really thinking about this quote and how I can apply it not only to um, myself as a as a business leader, but then just my just my personal life. Um, and in healthcare, we face so many challenges as leaders. We're dealing with an enormous amount um, of of responsibility, and 
I, I feel like your quote, face it till you make it, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, you know, talk to, can you just kind of unpack your, that quote, face it till you make it? And can you explain like what you meant by that and, and what you hope people will take away from that type of a quote? So I am not a fan of the fake it till you make it. And it, and it, you know, we have triggers inside of us and that's a trigger for me, the whole fake it till you make it, because it suggests that we have to imitate being confident. We have to imitate competence and, or imitate like being optimistic, or I talk about hope driven in uh, small brave moves as well. And, and that's not what we should be doing. We shouldn't be imitating, right? Facing it till you make it acknowledges what's going on for you right now, not ignoring the fear that could be creeping in, but leaning into it. And when we lean into it, it increases our self-awareness and it teaches us how to deal with it more. The other part, when we face it versus fake it, we're acknowledging, um, you know, when you talk about big decisions that we have to make as healthcare leaders and all of the complexities, I, it, what I immediately think about is if I'm facing it versus faking it, then I'm making decisions around who do I need to bring into my circle because I'm not going to be the expert in everything. And am I surrounding myself with the right people? If I'm facing it, I'm making those assessments and building out my network maybe a little bit differently versus ignoring it and pretending I have it all figured out, right? Now, when I think about fear as one of the things that gets in the way of it, there's actually three fears that I commonly see in leaders. And one is fear of loss. So something, you know, if I, if I don't do something, I'll the fear of losing it and then fear of change or the fear of not being perfect and the fake it till you make it goes right into that fear of not being perfect. So shifting our mindsets to a face it till you make it right. And really assessing and seeing what we need to do to make those adjustments but then also giving ourselves permission to experiment, right? Taking up something so big and moving it into what's one thing I could experiment with to try as that leader, right? What's, um, if I fail, you know, how do I stand up? And so that quote is actually at the end of the slips, trips, and falls chapter, the art of failing. Um, because I do believe it's like we, we trip, sometimes we slip, but we've got to get back up to get, again, we got to face it. We got to figure out what are we going to do better? We might have a little fail again, but then again, what are we learning from that? Bravery is an acquired behavior and it takes practice. And so practicing face it till you make it enables some of those other things to happen. The mindsets, the behaviors and the habits um, so that failure isn't so intimidating for us as leaders. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a lot. I'm sorry. No, that was, it's so powerful. The art of failing. Um, because failure doesn't have to be what we, you know, it doesn't have to be negative. Failure can actually push us in other directions. Oh my gosh, like we, I could keep going on and on. Um, Taya and I have so enjoyed having you with us today and just kind of sharing your, your thoughts on bravery and leadership. And, you know, we really appreciate your time. We really appreciate your expertise. Um, you know, our podcast um, is dedicated to revenue cycle leaders um, and your approach to leadership is so transferable to everything our listeners do. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to be able to talk through these with you. Uh, So thank you. Yes, absolutely. And for our Rev Divers, thanks so much for tuning in today. Stay tuned for our next episode where we have 
fantastic industry leaders like Nicole, who are going to be sharing their expertise with us. Take care.